Join us now for Education Matters, a weekly look at the real people and real stories in education across North Carolina. Welcome to Education Matters, presented by the Public School Forum of North Carolina. I'm Keith Poston. North Carolina State Health Plan is managed by the State Treasurer of North Carolina, Del Folwell. His office has been engaged in a bitter battle with the state's hospitals and healthcare networks over pricing. And the dispute has more than 700,000 teachers, state employees, and retirees and their dependents caught in the middle. This week, we're going to talk to Treasurer Folwell about his plans, and we're going to meet two educators who are very concerned about the impact this fight could have on them and their families. Before we tackle our main topics, we open with headlines, our quick scan of education headlines across North Carolina and the U.S. Last week, advocacy groups including NCAE and North Carolina Families for School Testing Reform called on Attorney General Josh Stein, Auditor Beth Wood, and lawmakers to investigate how a multi-million dollar contract was awarded to change how K-3 reading skills are tested in our schools. State Superintendent Mark Johnson picked iStation for a three-year, $8.3 million contract, overriding recommendations from an evaluation committee that he had formed according to records that were released. In a new twist this week, the House backed an amendment from De Democratic Representative Greg Meyer allowing districts the choice to keep the current tool in class. The Senate did not concur. A bill allowing 20% growth annually for one of the state's two virtual charter schools was approved by the General Assembly last week. North Carolina Virtual Academy has been operating since 2015 along with the state's other virtual charter school, NC Cyber Academy. Both of these schools have poor academic records, scoring Ds in the most recent release of the school performance grades. Now, critics question why these poor performing virtual schools that have not met academic growth should be allowed to continue and have urged Governor Cooper to veto the bill. Finally, just two years after taking the helm of Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools, Superintendent Clayton Wilcox is out of a job. Wilcox was suspended early last week, but by Friday had tendered his resignation effective August the 2nd. Now, so far, the CMS school board has declined any and all questions citing personnel policy. Remember, you can visit the Public School Forum's website at ncforum.org, click on Education Matters, and read about each of these headlines as well as other topics we cover each week. As I said at the top of the show, the state treasurer's office that oversees the state health plan has been battling with state hospitals and healthcare networks for what he says are unfair prices they charge to the state, and we have him here back to Education Matters to discuss it. Treasurer Folwell, thanks so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right, well, let's just, uh, first, for, for our viewers who don't sort of know the background, what is the problem, from your perspective, that you are trying to solve with uh, seeking a change in how medical services are reimbursed by the state health plan from our hospitals and, and health networks? Well, the problem is secret contracts and higher cost. And this is what teachers have been experiencing, not just for months and, and, and years, but also decades. The fact is the state health plan is the largest purchaser of health care in North Carolina. We have a responsibility to our members to be loyal to our members, which are the people who teach, the people who protect, and the people who serve us as state employees. This plan has 700,000 people in it. It spends over $3 billion a year. When we asked last year what we were paying one particular hospital, this is what was sent back to us as their price list for what teachers and troopers and other state employees are supposed to be paying for health care. Okay. So what happens is, is unlike every other part of your viewer's life, where the customer and the payer are right side by side, 
when you talk about the state health plan, the customer's over here and the payer's over here. The customer really never knows what the payer paid for health care, and the payer really never knows what happened to the customer. You mentioned in your opening line about Auditor Beth Wood. Auditor Beth Wood said eight years ago that the state health plan is at risk for overpaying medical claims because the plan auditors do not have access to any vendor contracts and cannot verify that the state, the teachers, and the troopers are receiving the proper contractual discount. And so, the, so, but what you 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 have a you have come to the uh, say, look, we're going to have a new way to do this. Mm -hmm. You're tying it to uh, Medicare reimbursement rates. I mean, not the not the same. I mean, obviously, it's still a significant markup on what mm -hmm. you know, the federal government. How does that approach compare to what other state health plans do? I mean, you obviously know what uh, sort of what you know similar situations. Is this is that is this something completely different? Is this new? Well. No, reference-based pricing, which goes back to Medicare and Medicaid, is exactly what most of the revenues that come into the hospitals deal with on a daily basis anyway. The fact is that when people go and get health care services, they end up getting something like this in the mail, which doesn't explain anything about the value and the cost. By the way, this is a $165 facility fee for $11 flu shot. This is what's happening to teachers and troopers and other state employees across North Carolina. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to abide by the auditor's finding of eight years ago. We're trying to take advantage of our largeness. We want to get rid of secret contracts. We want lower health care costs for teachers and troopers. And we want to push the power out to the consumer. You know, the consumer knows how to consume. If you give them the tools and the information, they know how to buy groceries at Harris Teeter on Thursdays if they're as old as I am. They know how to do all these things. Why not give them the tools so that they can consume health care in North Carolina? Right. As far as the teachers and the troopers, if you're a beginning teacher or a trooper in North Carolina, you have to work one week out of every four this year to pay the family premium. And the outrage should not be at the treasurer's office, who's actually trying to get rid of secret contracts and lower health care costs. The outrage should be at the fact that this has been going on for decades on the backs of the teachers well, and the public employees. Well, look, you, you, you met, we, we got a couple educators coming on in a minute. You, you met them a few minutes ago. I actually don't, when I talk to them, I don't hear outrage as much as I hear that they're scared. I mean, that's what it sounds like to me when they look at it and, and they read the numbers that, you know, three hospitals have signed on, that 60% of the physicians are not going to be in network, that most of the, no, I mean, that's, that's what they're seeing. They're looking at what I, they may not think that the system, in fact, a lot of them will say, I think the treasurer's on to something, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm afraid of this approach. And I guess so the question would be, if you've got a situation where a lot of hospitals don't end up signing mm -hmm. up, um, particularly like rural areas where in many cases the hospital also has all the doctors working for them, mm -hmm. that's what they're wanting is, what is your plan going to be if, you, if this doesn't work? Well, if this doesn't work, what we go back to is more secret contracts and them paying higher costs. As the state treasurer of North Carolina, I don't think people wanting us to pay nearly $3 billion of taxpayer and teacher money towards something that we don't know what we're paying for. You can't cut the cost of anything unless you know what it costs. You can't value anything unless you know what it costs. So this is a strategy to figure out what we're supposed to be paying for health care across North Carolina. Now, I disagree with you on your facts. 
We have 27,000 providers across North Carolina who have signed on to the Clear Pricing Project. They received the assignment. They understood the assignment. And they actually signed on to the Clear Pricing Project. You are correct that most of the major hospitals, if not all, are locked in a cartel and they don't want to have anything to do with more sunshine and lower cost for public service workers. We are working really hard on that. And as the state treasurer and the state health plan and the board of trustees who unanimously approved the clear pricing project. These are appointees from the governor, a speaker of the house, the president pro tem, and obviously the treasurer's office. We have a responsibility to our members to have accessible and affordable health care. We are going to be lowering family premiums to offset people my age. There's too many people my age on the plan. Right. Are you on the plan, by the way? Are you of a state course. health plan? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All the state employees are on the state health right. plan. And we're going to be increasing transparency and lowering cost and getting the prices that these teachers and troopers deserve. We can no longer be a part of secret contracts where we're spending taxpayer money and we don't know what we're getting. And as I said earlier, you may not like the word outrage, but the fact is this state health plan, going back to your national question, mm -hmm. is the th its insolvency is behind the state of Illinois. Hmm. For your viewers, our insolvency of this state health plan is behind the no, state I, of no, Illinois. I thought, I, mean, I, was pulling, I, I, thought we, I thought that our state health plan had about a billion dollars in reserve. Is that not... We don't it's have... $32 billion underfunded. Okay. This has been happening for 40 years. And this small attempt to bring, get rid of secret contracts and lower health care costs for state employees is a way for us to start taking advantage of our largeness. And that's all we're trying to do at the state treasurer's office, whether it's the pension or the health plan. All we do is we make money and try to save money for our members, right. that, that's what our fiduciary right. responsibility is. Now, now you had initially set um, a July one deadline mm -hmm. uh, to ask people to sign on to the Clear Pricing Project, and then we've we've put up some numbers. We'll have some links to those yeah. things on our website too. That was like you said, we had you had three hospitals, you had twenty seven thousand individual physicians. But I think, I mean, I don't know if you, I mean, certainly the the, the state hospital association, others say that it would still leave about ninety, more than ninety percent of state health plan would be out of network. I mean, as of today, if those were the only ones, I don't, I mean, I don't know whether you would dispute that or not, but I guess the question is, you know, you've now offered a new plan. So right. you have, I mean, it's fair to say you've sweetened the offer, you've mm -hmm. sort of increased what you would pay, and you've extended the deadline. What did you change? And I guess my question, how do you sort of, how do you feel as of today as far mm -hmm. as what, do you think this is gonna help break the impasse? And we, uh, have, we have doubled the reimbursement rate of Medicare. Now, your viewers should know that if a person unfortunately is injured on the job in North Carolina, that health care is provided to them at a 40% profit. If a prisoner needs medical attention in North Carolina, that is offered to them at a 40% profit. We're offering 100% profit to the providers of health care. As far as the association that you've mentioned, they have spent the last year attacking people and not attacking the problem. And the problem is, the state employees and the taxpayers like them who fund this plan have been taken advantage of for a long period of time. We have offered a reasonable offer at 200% of Medicare. But what we found when we started looking into these numbers is that some providers were charging us Medicare and some people were charging us 800% of Medicare. Okay. 
People should be outraged about that. You think they're going to you think you're going to get it done? We have a loyalty and duty of care to our members, including the guests that are coming on here mm -hmm. in a few moments to make sure that we have accessible, affordable health care in North Carolina. But as I said earlier, I don't think anyone wants the state treasurer to be spending billions of dollars in the state health plan where we don't know the value and the price of what we're getting. And this, by the way, is going to produce $35 million worth of out-of-pocket savings to the teachers, the troopers, and the other state gotcha. employees per year. Well, it's important. Uh, we appreciate your work on it and appreciate you coming on tonight to talk to us about it. So after a brief break, we are going to be joined by two educators who do have real concerns about this battle and this impasse. But before we go to break, see if you can answer this question. What percentage of large employers do not provide spousal health care coverage when they have other coverage available? Education Matters is brought to you each week in part by Town Bank, serving others enriching lives. Did you correctly answer A, 10%? A 2017 study by human resources consultant Mercer found that 10% of large employers do not provide coverage for spouses who have other coverage available. Health insurer Anthem actually found that 20% of employers now either charge employees more to add a spouse to their health plan. That's up from 16% in 2016. Now we're going to meet two educators who have real concerns about this state health plan dispute, and we appreciate you coming. To my left, we have Susan Ringo. Susan is a librarian with the Wilkes County Schools. I think you said you've been uh, with Wilkes County Schools or in the system for about 20 years. 20 years. And Michael Landers, next to her. Michael is a teacher in Cabarrus County Schools. So thank you both for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks. All right. So you're obviously both aware of the standoff between the state treasurer, who we uh, just had on, who runs the state health plan, and the hospitals and the health care networks. So specifically, I want to ask you um, your stories. Um, and I'm going to ask you first, Susan. Okay. If an agreement can't be reached, I mean, we've heard the numbers, I mean, according to the, you know, the, the hospital association and, 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 frankly, the state health plan, um, if nothing changes right now, the, the vast majority of the doctors and healthcare networks in North Carolina will be considered and reimbursed out of network um, for you as a state health plan participant. What does that mean to you? Well, it's a, it's a real issue for me because, I, one, I live in a really rural area, and um, on Mother's Day weekend of this year, um, I had a second minor stroke that ended me up in my local emergency room, where it, which is part of the Baptist Hospital network, and I was transferred by ambulance down to Baptist Hospital, where I spent three days um, in Baptist Hospital and had to have all these tests done where they discovered that I have two um, congenital heart defects that I didn't know about and a um, genetic clotting disorder, both of which are going to require surgery and long-term care. The only places in North Carolina that offer that kind of care are at Baptist Hospital or at Duke University. Neither of those hospitals have signed on to this project, and that is going to prove to be a problem for me because I can't just go to another hospital. Right. Um, when I left my local emergency room, I didn't get a choice as to where I went. They put me in an ambulance and took me to Baptist Hospital. Right. Um, and so it's a, it's a somewhat frightening situation because come January, I could be paying out-of-network costs for something that's not anything I ever asked for. It's not anything I didn't take care of myself about. It was something I was born with. And just my bill for the three days I spent at Baptist Hospital was $50,000.
Um, my 20% is $5,000, which is still going to take me a good, good bit, sure. bit of time to pay off. And so I am concerned that I'm going to start having to pay out of network costs because so none would of be, my... Which would be, do you know what that would be in, under, a, under a plan like that? I don't, um, but I know it will be cost prohibitive for me because it will also raise our um, deductibles and will have more out-of-pocket costs to pay. And I don't have the option of going to another doctor because the only doctors that offer the care that I need, which will be for the rest of my life, um, are the two, two of the biggest health care providers in the state and some of the best hospitals in the southeast. And so it does concern me that come January, I might not be able to access affordably um, the two hospitals where I need the care to continue my life. Right. Michael, same question for you. I mean, um, again, um, you know, you heard that, I mean, the treasurer is, uh, they're, they're trying to come to some agreement. They're trying to get the, uh, the hospitals and networks on. But if that doesn't happen, we're looking at um, open enrollment starting January 1 comes and the vast majority of uh, uh, care providers in the state are, would be considered out of network for you. What does that mean for you and your family? Yes, I heard Mr. Falwell say, you know, teachers should shop for the best health care for them. I equate that to uh, going into Walmart with them being out of stock on almost everything in the store. And when you're searching for something that you need to shop for and inventory is just not there, I consider the, the people who've signed on our healthcare inventory. And we're, we're really looking at a situation where um, we're not going to have the available care that we need or have received. Uh, First of all, I appreciate what Mr. Falwell's doing. Uh, healthcare is at crisis levels nationwide. Um, our nation is filled with situations where people go bankrupt and or die trying to get the proper healthcare, and that shouldn't be in, in the United States. So I appreciate that. But the anxiety teachers and state employees across the state are feeling right now should really not be the anxiety we feel. We serve the communities and the fabric of every part of this state and have built the state to what it is now. And doing that and worrying about our health care because of the, this back and forth that's going on is something that leaves people up at night. Personally, I spend close to $15,000 uh, from the moment my wife has her copay um, and her health care uh, deduction out of her paycheck, my deduction our kids deduction my wife is a teacher I'm a teacher we have no other options right and you're uh, in Cabarrus County have you I mean have you looked at, I mean right now I'm like um, you heard Susan mentioning the the hospital she just had her emergency care from Cabarrus County is the footprint of Atrium Health which used to be Carolina's health care network uh, all the way down to Charlotte uh, which has a big presence for Novant and Atrium um, my doctor, who I've seen for 20 years, I'm a type 1 diabetic, uh, he is part of the Atrium Health Network. And Atrium Health has gone into Cabarrus County, Mecklenburg, and a lot of areas across the state and has bought up a lot of small mom-and-pop doctor's office physicians. Sure. And they have a broad and uh, well-networked uh, business. And if Atrium is not on it, and Novant's not on it, which is uh, all throughout our area. We are now at that Walmart shopping for no inventory and looking with our life on the line. And our, our children, I have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. And if they have something wrong with them, uh, this whole back and forth, this waiting for uh, 
doctors and medical providers to sign on, it's a good idea to get the cost reined in. But what we're doing is we're now 700,000 people are the pawns in this situation. And how, yeah, how can I mean, how concerned are you? I mean, I mean, you talk about staying up at night. I mean, sometimes that, I mean, it's I mean, I, this is kind of scary for you. right? It's, it's very scary for me because I am I am counting on having surgery to repair both of my issues at Duke and Duke has not currently signed on to that. And that means all of that cost is going to come out of my pocket. I'm already in a scary situation. I found out that I have this lifelong health concern that's going to, that I'm going to have to be treated for the rest of my life for. And now it does keep me up at night because I don't know how I'm going to pay for that because it's not where, you know, we don't get paid a ton of money, but we do invest in our communities. And I feel like, again, we're, we're being punished and we're held over a barrel for something that we're really not responsible for. We often hear from the state health plan that we need to take better care of ourselves. Well, in my case, I didn't do anything. Right. And, and this isn't, this is really no fault of my own. And so I sort of, it does keep me up at night because I know I'm going to need this care. Now, Mike, you said, you, you said you're type 1 diabetes. I mean, do you, do you receive insulin treatment then? Have you looked at the cost of that? Is that going to change? Will, will things like um, uh, drug costs uh, be affected as well? Yeah, I pay between $4,000 to $5,000 a year out of pocket just for my in-network copay for my prescriptions. That's for me alone. My family, uh, any issues that they have, any prescriptions, we get those. I go to the doctor, full blood tests and everything twice a year as part of my normal maintenance and care. Um, I may have to cut that back uh, some. If, if I need to for the sake of my children. And many teachers are going about this uh, fear of going out of network. For example, a year five teacher in North Carolina, according to the pay scale, a year five teacher will have 75% of their gross salary invested in the deductible to meet the out of network care. 75% wow. of their entire salary for the year will go towards just fulfilling a deductible, which means 75% of their salary, if they have one major medical incident, will have to go towards uh, paying that. They will go bankrupt. And this is not just the year five teacher, it's the year 20 teacher, the year 15 teacher. When you have a deductible that's over around $30,000 plus your other expenses and prescription expenses, you Right. Cannot survive. We are we are we are out of time, but I, I think I don't want to put words in your mouth. But I mean, basically, you're you're saying you understand the situation. You just want to see it resolved. I think Agreed. it needs legislation. And none of these uh, none of these healthcare providers are going to go. Hey, I want to sign on and make less money. Right. We need legislation to actually compel these healthcare providers gotcha. to become more transparent and open. Um, right now, we're sitting in a situation where we're asking these health care providers to just willingly sign on. Gotcha. There's nothing to compel. But Susan, Michael, look, thanks for sharing your personal stories. We appreciate that. I really, uh, really wanted to put a, a face on sort of what this issue is. So thanks so much. Thanks. After the break, this week's final word. When economists look at the sectors with the fastest rising cost to consumers, two stick out, college expenses and health care. They're hardly luxury items. In fact, it is difficult to imagine two more fundamental building blocks of a civil society, education and access to affordable health care. So it's no surprise that the fight over the state budget, for example, largely boils down to expanding access to health insurance through Medicaid expansion 
and increasing investment in education. It is also why Treasurer Falwell's plan to dramatically change the way the state health plan reimburses doctors and hospitals has generated so much interest and angst. Now, to be clear, almost no one, not even the teachers and other state employees caught in the middle of this high-stakes fight, believe that the hospitals and the healthcare networks are the victims here. They see the same runaway cost and inconsistent pricing that Treasurer Fulwell sees, just like we see skyrocketing premiums and copays coming from insurance companies. But the current collision course that we're on right now is unacceptable, and a more reasonable and patient path needs to be chosen or forced by lawmakers, like Michael mentioned at the end. Because in the end, the only real victims will be the more than 700,000 North Carolinians who rely on the state health plan. It's truly a lifeline. So that's it for this week's show. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week.